shit roach is back i am back yes man fucking two weeks bro we've missed you completely but this is fairy the podcast without kevin now <laughs> we're alternating yeah roach shit. is going to bitcoin oh fuck no oh. no bitcoin is a rabbit hole is it a rabbit hole which i don't understand i don't like literally just dipping our toes in it uh and have you spent money in it no I got free coins, so I'm like, oh, I'm going yeah, to play with those. And literally just dipping my toes in it, but it still makes absolutely no sense to me. Though I haven't touched it, and I have made a bit of money. Like a little bit, but I haven't done a thing. So really? that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like Matthew had these apps on his phone where he'd subscribe to something, and, um, and he would just like daily check it, and it was like basically mining a coin. And it took him like four weeks, and he'd eventually get a coin on with some of the I I, I get types. interest every day. Yeah. Of whatever I put in, I get interest every day and it builds up. Um, I don't know. It's very confusing to me, though. I don't find it confusing at all if you look at it like crypto is no different than your traditional stock. If you, if you look at... If, if, you, if you're going... If you understand stock. No, no, but uh, yeah. Well, I suppose it's the same sort of thing. You know, it's a virtual stock. But like, if, if you look at it like a stock, it's a complete gamble. Entities go up and they go down. So, I'm going to sidebar here for a little bit so I can give you give you a clearer understanding. So, let's take Big Pharma. Roach knows Big Pharma well. So, let's take Big Pharma. Let's talk about Pfizer, for instance. So, Pfizer lists themselves as a public company. That essentially means that they can sell some of their shares. Yeah. Right. They they sell those shares onto a stock market. Right. And you can then buy those stocks. And as the company appreciates, your stock value appreciates. Yes. As it depreciates, your stock value depreciates. Okay, I understand so crypto is yeah. the same thing. If you if you look at it like that what, in a very what crude makes sense, crypto uh, value appreciate or depreciate? Well, there's a few factors, but it's essentially buy and sell rates. So if more people are buying, rates go up. More people are selling, rates go down. Other other factors to that is like how many coins are being mined, how many coins are now, released to public sales, stuff like that. What makes people buy more and buy less besides Elon Musk tweets? Because <laughs> like, but this is what freaks my mind no, out. No, no. If one dude can send out a tweet and shit can go up and down like that, Smoke like how? Joints on this show. Yeah, like how? How stable is this stuff? It's, it's exactly as stable as a stock market. If Elon owned Pfizer, well, Tesla stock is a perfect example. I held Tesla. Like I held, sorry, let's just wait for fucking SAA to sort their shit out. Only taken 15 years. Still <laughs> fucked it up. Anyway, um, so if you shots look. Fired. <laughs> shots fired. How did they um, hurt you, Chris? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> How did they hurt our beloved country? Okay, um, okay, okay. Stop, stop. So, yeah, so if, if you take Tesla stocks, right? I held Tesla stocks for quite some time. Now, as Elon is the CEO of Tesla, yeah. right? When he does something reckless or, well, considered reckless in the public eye or to investors like smoke a joint on joe rogan's podcast stocks drop right the value drops because people go we we're concerned like is the ceo stable that sort of shit so it's it's sort of yeah it's fear-mongering as well so so a, a, a stock market and crypto are equally as volatile the the only thing where volatility goes up in the crypto market is maybe on like much smaller coins you know, because those are extremely volatile. They could never, you know, there's a chance that they could never like grow or whatever the case may be. But if you take a bigger coin like Bitcoin, right, the only time things really go 
berserker is when big volatility when when big volatilities happen so for instance like china goes we will now shut down the bitcoin mining market completely or whatever the case may be then everyone goes oh shit jump ship like you mm. know because china is a massive sell. massive miner and producer of, of of crypto i mean to to the scale of power issues to the scale of power issues so yeah, that's that's how the volatility works. I mean, everything's volatile, bro. Like, it, but it, to me, I look at crypto no different than I look at stocks. It's mm. it's a gamble, bro. It's it an is, absolute it gamble. Is gambling. There, there is there is a part of it that's you you know you can look at the metrics, mm -hmm. so you know that company is stable or whatever the case may be, you know, and they've invested in that. So we'll use uh, Elon Musk as an example, right? He tweets something like "Dodge to the moon," right? Now the only reason he did that, well. This is my opinion on it. But the only reason he did that is because he went, he owns Dogecoin and it's he the easiest to way to push, yeah. push it up. You know, but by going, if Elon goes back Dodge, you go, okay, well, we're backing someone that's backing Dodge who has some clout, yeah. you know, so some, some sort of input. Um, it's no different than the, the, the whole Blockbuster thing when people bought Blockbuster stock. Mm. So they essentially stuck it to the man in a way, but... What they did is they just like everyone GameStop as well. Yeah, GameStop. Well, it's the same yeah. the same thing. Yeah, like GameStop, um, where where GameStop just went through the fucking roof because everyone cool. Let's buy GameStop. And what happens is, it 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 causes the really wealthy investors to take massive losses. So that's why they did it with GameStop. Yeah, I like that. yeah, yeah they yeah. fucked the man a little bit. Like Reddit's Reddit's yeah. like assembled. Yeah, but it's it's it, like it's one of those things where like I mean I've I've held the position that there's something that shifted in 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 how tech is utilized in the modern world from when we because I mean we all saw the birth of the internet yeah. you know and nowadays it seems like zennials have managed to figure out how to sell the intangible. NFTs, you know what I mean? Yeah, NFTs. That so shit makes it's, no it's amazing. Sense. And and the thing is, like the, the 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 weird part to wrap your head around is, no matter the fact that this is completely intangible. Yeah, no matter. It carries. Yeah, yeah. It, it carries value, bro. So whether you like it, hate it, think it's stupid, whatever. Like you know, the the argument with NFTs is right click save. Now I own the picture as well yeah. on my phone. Or but I'm you like, don't have the code, which is just weird. It's it's yeah, it's it's the code in the back end. But it's my 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 point you is can't sell it though. You can no, you, you can't. Can. You try no, no, But if you go save, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can't sell, you can't it. sell yeah, that. You can't sell it. But that's what I'm saying. Like even though even people go, oh well, fuck, I don't understand uh, NFTs, or I think they're stupid, or whatever the case may be. It's happening. It is. It's happening. real. It's Get got a value. Yeah. It's that simple, bro. It's no different than anything else on the planet. Just because it, it's the same as if you buy a warehouse, right? Um, and that warehouse becomes part of your assets. Yeah. Right. So that that's value that you own, right? Uh, sorry, planes. That's fine, Adam. I come eh? from Kempton, bro. Yeah. It's part of life. Out there. <laughs> so. It's, it's assets that you own and those assets hold a value. Yeah. So there's no difference between that physical warehouse in the real world and the NFT in, in the virtual world because it's still an asset that sits behind your name that you own that has a value. It has a resale value, yeah. right? And the only way NFTs work is, again, I buy an NFT from you. Let's say you've just created an NFT and I buy it from you for like the equivalent of $100, right? But then I sell that that 
NFT to Ryan for $200. Yeah. That NFT's value is now $200. It's always based on its last selling price. Yeah. So there's a way to manipulate the system because there's gray zones. So and for also instance- I still get a percentage, don't I, as the original creator? You, you can set that up. Not all creators uh, do, but you can set that up that you get like a 10% royalty every single time that trade like happens. That. Right, really which is cool. It gives you, it gives you future revenue out of it. As a, as a creator. But the, the problem is there's a massive loophole because the, the, the whole issue here is we're working with decentralized systems, mm. right? So from crypto all the way through to something like NFTs, it's all decentralized. Yeah. And what happens is there's these loopholes that present themselves and I don't think we have a real world answer to it yet. For instance, um, very popular NFT, CryptoPunk, right? These little 8-bit pixelated little characters, yeah. right? And CryptoPunk started out, it was two guys that started it. They released 10,000 of them, so it is a limited run. Um, and then after those 10,000 are sold, you, you can only obtain them by trading them, right? But what they did was there's one specific um, CryptoPunk, which is actually valued the highest NFT ever sold, which was this girl with like white hair. Right now, these things are completely random generated and whatever the case may be using code. So that little picture is actually computer coding spitting out a random little visualization or character. Anyway, but what they did was they actually bought her like themselves. So they went, her value is zero. Yeah. But then they paid like $64 million to buy her. Now her value is $64 million. But you bought it yourself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you've yeah. you've actually monopolized your your own, yeah, or right. you've you've created your own value for your own yeah. NFT, which that is a very fucking gray area now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because in the real world, that's what competition no, but emissions I like for. That because as an artist, say I create something and I believe to me the worth is X, and that's what it is. Like. We live in a world where people want to negotiate. Everyone's the best price, what, what, what. But like something like that, you can set the worth of your arts as a creator. That's so, to me personally, I think that's quite cool. Yeah, but it's not sustainable. Okay, yeah, true. That's the people problem. can fucking put their worth out. Yeah, you'll yeah, you'll overescalate everything, and the market will collapse. Then none mm. of that artwork has any value because all of that value is is fictitiously inflated. You know uh, what I mean? But there's no answer in the real world. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't artificially inflate something. You know, well, at least, you, well, you can, but it's, it is <laughs> criminal yes, to an can. extent. It, it shouldn't know? be that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're monopolizing. And, and that's, you know, why we have competition commissions and stuff like that. You can't monopolize a market, um, you know, because the rest of those crypto punks have a natural evolution in terms yeah. of their value and whatever the case may be. But it's, it's super interesting, man. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to, to, to dabble a little bit in, in, the NFT space and trying to figure it out because the reality is, you know, like there's billions of NFTs already available, you know, and some of them cost nothing, but you never know if those things will ever have a value. Like Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin. 10 years ago. So ideally what you do want, ideally what you do want is you want an NFT that is somewhat established and that is gaining some traction, but that means you need currency. Now we unfortunately live in South Africa. So our exchange rate is so screwed versus the dollar that if you're buying ether, for instance, because most of these, these um, platforms work through the Ethereum network. So, or the, the Ethereum blockchain, um, which is essentially just the network that all of this lives on for lack of a better way to explain it to you. But um, if you want to now go buy one Ether, 
I mean, I think currently it's about 45,000 Rand for coin. So it's it's really fucking expensive. So, you know, and then you've got exchanges and on the NFT marketplace, you've got something called gas fees. Gas fees is what independent users essentially get paid for completing your transaction for you. So when when you mining crypto or whatever the case, those are independent users all around the world, right? Independent people that are that are using their computers or whatever to make sure that transactions can happen on the blockchain. Right. So it, it becomes a bit of a problem because we can't now not not only do we have to pay the exorbitant exchange fee to try and buy Ether, but we also have to then fork out the gas fees, you know, which normally is a small percentage of whatever that transaction is. But based on percentage of the transaction. Yeah, yeah. It's normally it's normally based on a percentage. And it's not very high at all. But like I mean it does equate to a good probably two hundred, three hundred bucks every time you try and make a transaction. So it becomes very difficult to buy NFTs if you don't have money for it. You know, if you if you can't afford it, so you you need some decent money to to try and play the game. Mm. So my stance on it was, well, fuck it. You know, can't really afford that that sort of outlook. So what I do is I generate some NFTs and I started playing around with the coding to see and how, how it's made. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I generated ten thousand unique NFTs, which are awesome. Okay. Um, but I I'm not a hundred percent happy with them. I mean, it was like it took me I think fourteen hours to generate those ten thousand. You, it was. You, you said you had some teething problems. Yeah, yeah, I got through those, and then I, 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 fin- I finalized the, the the last collection, and then I was like, uh, I looked at them, and I was like, you know what? I actually I want a couple of more things. So I'm busy wrapping my head around integrating that into the same coding so that I can generate them. But it's yeah, it's a little bit complex because of the amount of layers that I use in my generator. Like, I mean, you know, if you're generating, oh, 10,000 different sunglasses, that's fairly easy and it, it'll generate fairly quickly. But if you're generating 10,000 where they have different mouths, different hats, different glasses, different hairstyles, you know, you, you've got a lot of layers. So it's a lot more processes mm. to, to, to follow. But the other problem is once you've generated those NFTs and you, you upload them to your marketplace, so I mean, I, I predominantly use um, MetaMask and, and OpenSea for, for this whole thing. And the problem is once you've generated those 10,000, you add them to your collection, you can't move them onto the marketplace until you've paid gas fees per artwork because there's a transaction that needs to happen to move it from your your essential marketplace to the open marketplace okay, okay. you know so i mean and i haven't done the calculation because i haven't uploaded the calcu- the, the the collection but yeah so if anyone out there knows of a free way to list your shit on the marketplace without gas fees let a guy know sorry are you talking about minting an nft um no no well no not really it's well it does get minted to get it onto the marketplace but for you to literally get someone to move that transaction or that art piece onto the marketplace you have to pay a gas fee oh, right. now a lot of people like OpenSea say they don't charge gas fees but i think they don't charge gas fees when you're selling the artwork oh, i don't know i'm still learning here but like i from what i understand when i move it from my collection to the open marketplace i have to pay a gas fee per thing now i don't know if 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 it's five pieces of artwork and you're paying maybe 200 rand per piece, that's one thing. But if there's a set gas fee to upload an entire collection, yeah. 
then it might be worth it. So I still need to check that out. But first, I need to regenerate those ten thousand. Well, once you I've learn, got. let us know because I wanna I wanna take obscure into the NFT realm as well. Fuck so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it'd be fucking rad. But also, like with this NFTs and stuff, um, I almost equate it to like comic books and magic cards. Yeah, same where thing. You'll you'll get a comic book run, but then you'll get the variant covers that come out in far less numbers, so their rarities increased. Um, yeah. So it's exactly the same thing. It's funny that you say the word rarity there, because when you're generating those NFTs, right? Essentially, what happens is because of based on like you can set you can set certain values. How many times something appears throughout that gener uh, that that collection's yeah. gener generation? right um and obviously certain things become extremely rare so for instance like in in the case of cryptopunks that lady with the white hair was a very rare combination to be generated yeah. in any case so you do get out of a collection of ten thousand, there are certain things that become very rare you know in cryptopunks it was the zombies for instance like there's a couple of them that look like zombies that's a very rare combination of skin tone etc 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 so yeah it's the same same principle as, as comic books or magic cards or pokemon cards same I, thing i want to dip my toes into crypto to make enough money to get a key comic book like a first appearance of something, something to me that's a key because where crypto fluctuates like that, for instance, the first appearance of Spider-Man, it's never going to drop down. It's now currently, I think it holds a record for the highest auctioned off comic book uh, for the highest amount. Really? What is yeah. the value? Do you know? I, th- uh, I don't know. I'd probably be wrong. I'm thinking around 350 million possibly. I mean, I can imagine that. Is it, and that's just first edition. It's not like it's signed through. No, no, no. As far as I know, it wasn't signed, but it was just the first appearance of Spider-Man. It was, um, fuck, I forget what the issue was. People could be like, "You should know this." And I should know this. <laughs> but like, like that value will never drop. I mean, I, you can equate it to anything. Stamps, like you'll get some fucking rare stamps, maybe from the eighteen eighteen hundreds. And over time, every year that goes by, that stamp's value is going to increase because yeah. this old Tunny, her fucking grandkid, licked the stamp and it's fucking worthless now. This oak lost one in a house fire. So it's over time, these things, tangible things will always go up. Know what yeah. I mean? But, that's, but, the, but the, you, you see, the thing is, that's why I'm drawing the parallel between it's no different than the tangible that we, that we know. You know, I mean... It functions no different, it but, functions it, but no it different. is different. Oh, well, not necessarily. Oh because think about this. In the real world, yeah. if currency's value the drops, yeah. if, if the dollar drops, yeah. right, that $350 million is not the same value anymore. You see what I'm saying? If, if we're taking a yes, Spider-Man. Yes, no, no, so okay, it's no different. Exactly, in in, yeah. in the, 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 the metaverse world, right, if, if the, the value of realm. Ethereum drops, so does the value of your NFT. Yeah. You know, so it's it's actually no different. The only difference is that it's decentralized, in the sense that the government isn't controlling the value of the currency. You know, our, our economics isn't controlling the, the the value of the currency. Mm. The the marketplace is dictating the value of the currency, and that's a lot more powerful because you're not looking at any of the bureaucratic processes that cause fluctuations. I mean, you've got a really shitty fucking president in in power, right? Oh well, actually, let's use South Africa. Yeah. Reuters votes uh, votes as trash. 
down the drain, everything goes, right? Currency plummets, all of that sort of shit happens. In, in the cyber, well, in, in the crypto world, that doesn't happen. Yeah. There's no singular person that makes Bitcoin bad or good, right? We do see, we do see effects of the real world affecting uh, crypto, like Bitcoin, for instance, when China shuts down mining or whatever the case may be. Things like that cause dips in, in the crypto world. But ultimately, they tend to recover because it's not... It's not controlled. It's completely decentralized. So once crypto reaches an extremely stable level, which I have no doubt that it will, right? But for a long time, I mean, it is getting more stable by the day, but for a long time still, we're going to have to get to that point because just purely of the, the amount of tokens that are out there, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, but when it stabilizes, the reality is your your virtual assets would probably be a lot more stable and a lot less risky than your real world assets. I mean, pandemic hits, property values go to shit. Unless you know, the et cetera, EMP et cetera. hits and then wipes out everything digital. I don't know. We live in a weird world. It's too, it's too multi-controlled. It's not like it's sitting on one server like Google where that gets bombed and everything goes down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Crypto is not... It, it's completely independent, if you will. Like it's completely like it also surprises me where like like my worldview is that most things are centralized and controlled. Everything, finance, companies. You you look at the the monopoly of the world, uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street running pretty much everything. And it still surprises me how they'd let something like Bitcoin happen. And it's it's created by some unknown man, who like it's it's a good I don't point. Know, Look, man. first of all, I don't think anyone can stop anything f like this from happening because that would mean you'd have to find that one singular source. Yeah. And in in the case of and it's not even a, a singular Mishimoto source. It's what more it like an idea. No, you can't stop the idea. No, uh, well, it's someone some, someone Yakamoto or some Yakamoto, shit. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Anyway, fucking Yamamoto. I don't know. Fuck. I play too much Nintendo, man. I screw up the <laughs> names. Because um, I'm like Mishimoto and I'm like, no, that's Pac-Man, I'm sure. Anyway, um, but nonetheless, so you've got that one entity that starts the token. Yeah. But the moment that token goes, it goes. Then it becomes an independent thing. There's no yeah. control over it anymore. And But in the same breath, that's also where the risk lies. Something like Bitcoin. Because remember, whoever created the token is out there. Somewhere. And whoever created the token owns the majority of those tokens. I can guarantee it. And I mean, his holding is huge. It's, could they cut and run and just leave of everyone dry? Fuck. Of course they could. And if, if that person, if he had to pull his, his holding in Bitcoin, it will collapse it immediately. But now also like with Bitcoin, isn't every transaction recorded? Can't you, if, if some dude at the top tried to cut and run, can't you see that? Like, isn't it? You'll see the transaction leave. There's uh, no identity you can't see, behind uh, it. Uh, there's only a series of numbers. I mean, this is this is why this is why if you've got a crypto wallet, right? They literally at the start of, of signing up everything, they they give you a million fucking steps to go through to make sure that you keep it in a safe or keep it in a bank deposit safe yeah. or something. Because there's no way to ever recover your wallet. Like that dude. If who you lost forgot his your password. Drive. Sorry, bro. Like yeah, exactly. In the mind, uh, Hundred, in the junk pile. Yeah, yeah. In, in the UK. For years. And but it's it's the same thing. Like if you lose that wallet or access to that wallet, you're fucked. 
there's no way to recover it unless you have your series of of recovery options which are very limited and you have to really safeguard them you know and so many people have this where they've got crypto in a wallet especially in bitcoin in its early days you know where they've got like maybe six or seven bitcoins that's worth a fuck ton of money yeah you know but they've got no access to them because well i don't have my wallet details well sorry. so those, those coins are gone forever they'll they'll be dormant forever yeah Hundred percent. So it hasn't be, it, it it hasn't got like a like a tarmo. If it's been inactive for twenty years, it just gets redistributed. No, never Damn, ever. Those nice coins are gone to the wind, and but it it holds a massive risk. It holds a massive risk that if that person pulls out, it will literally cripple Bitcoin. Bitcoin will. I, I'm of the opinion that that would cripple Bitcoin to the point where it completely collapses and there is no Bitcoin anymore. But that's just one token. You know, then you've got Ethereum, you've got all the rest that are doing really fucking well, you know, and then you've got the smaller tokens that are still on the rise. But ultimately, there's always that singular owner. The only problem is it all started with Bitcoin and no one knows who the owner is. But there's also a lot of speculation. Um, and I actually watched something. can't remember where I saw it. How do we know the owner is not like fucking a Rothschild or some shit? <laughs> well, this is this Schau- is where, Klaus Schwab. This is where the conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, this is where the conspiracy of it comes in a little bit because... There, there is some evidence that alludes to the fact that Bitcoin, Bitcoin's anonymous owner is actually one of the elites in terms of governance and et cetera, et cetera. That would make perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah. There, there is some, there is some evidence. Yeah, there is some evidence that points towards that, that theory. Yeah. So it, yeah. I mean, and think about it. If, if you let, if you let crypto run for long enough. And you can keep Bitcoin the biggest, right? And you, you run it, let's say, for the next 20 years to the point where it becomes normal day life that Bitcoin is the trade. And you then pull the plug. You will cause universal poverty overnight. You will cripple the world. So, I mean, this is obviously very what sci-fi outlook. But What do you mean? In fact, you keep talking about if the top guy pulls out. Pulls out what? The money, the worth behind all the when cows. he when he cashes in his his tokens. What bank's paying that out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what bank do you go to? Hi, I own this what, crypto. What I want to take it. Out? What, what gets removed? How does the value change? It makes no. It, it's the exact same as the stock market, bro. If you own if you own a, a thousand Apple shares and you pull that out, right? The bank has to pay for it. This is where the, 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 now this is in the real world. So this comes down to like bank loans, et cetera, et cetera, how banks operate in, internally with each other through um, the, 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 the central revenue, right? So in our case, like the Reserve Bank in, in the United States case, it's the, what's it Federal. called? Federal, Federal Reserve. Reserve, right? So it gets pulled out of those reserves. Remember, they print the money. So... When, when, when people when people pull uh, out large sum, large sums, like there's enough wealth in the world to cover those issues, right? But the problem is, twenty years from now, when you're going a decentralized network or, or value now needs to be pulled through a centralized network of value. Yeah. It becomes a very interesting thing. That's why governments are so against crypto, because it causes a massive like issue in terms of wealth generation and and uh, wealth holding in governments, 
you know, which is a good thing. It's sticking it to the man to an extent. Well, to a massive fucking extent. I hope because so. I hope it, it's it not the man in the, the background the power running of that shit. Hey? I hope it's sticking to the man and not the man in the background running that shit, leading us yeah. into a net that they're going to close at some point. Yeah, it just mean, it did like, I mean, I know we don't know who all the wealthiest people are on the planet because the wealthiest people are not on Forbes. No. You know what I mean? They're not you the know. top 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, their, name, their names aren't on the list. No. Yeah, they exactly. don't want you to fucking know. Exactly. But I can promise you there's someone sitting with the Bitcoin yeah. that is probably the wealthiest person on the planet. You know, by a fucking far shot. It's like, like the internet. Like the internet's just started and it almost started running away like a fucking like snowball effect down a hill but i mean that was government created darpa created the internet it's it was well i mean yeah like but if you if you look at the history and what was that documentary i'm pretty sure we watched the same thing man about the the the, the start of the internet and how it was born um where these two guys locked themselves away in the fucking hotel room for like two weeks to figure it out and to to an extent yes there's there's government behind it but the reality is it all starts with two guys. The technology, not yeah, yeah, two very independent, free-thinking guys that just like really rocked it. Um, I mean, what happened to the innocence of like fucking MySpace, man? Oh, it's I miss become MySpace. a minefield. Ah, uh, Tom. Ah, uh, jeez, it's such a flashback, man. Just the, the it was Tom. That was his name. Your first friend on MySpace, the guy who created it. What was his fucking name? All I remember from like whenever I think of MySpace, I think of. I think of the very first band you and I were in. And I remember the inane page. And I was like, oh shit, inane's on MySpace. And it was interactive and it played our tunes. It was so cool, man. Now it's like if a band comes around, like they're a new band, they have to jump through a million hoops, try and market themselves. It's a very different landscape. That band you shared the other day, Middle Ground. Oh, yeah, Middle Ground. Holy shit. Have you heard that? No. God damn. Hardcore band um, that, that popped up. And, uh, Dude, like, uh, Joburg. Oh, fucking sweet. Yeah, do we, do we I'm know the middle? Actually, Who are these cats? Hey, if you go m- middle ground, I'm going to fucking share this episode to you guys. Yeah. But, um, Dude, like, like, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, my lady doesn't do much hardcore music at all. And even she could, like, she could see the elements in the music that, like, or there were elements in it that appealed to her. It was, it's good, dude. It's just okay. wild. Right. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're they're, they're Joburg boys. I, I I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure they're they're Joburg boys. Yeah. But um, it I must say, really, like I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, they they came out with their their first like single track and their first show is actually like next week. I reckon we should let's head go watch it. That show. Yeah, let's do it. Please, I've let's been do it. To it's in, it's in Pretoria, bro. Fuck they're yeah. opening for a punk band. Oh fuck! I don't yes. know much about the punk band. <laughs> I'll be honest, but um. Like I, I'm keen to Let's do to, a live stream podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I'm super keen to see it, man. I haven't been to a hardcore show in years, bro. So like I'm I'm very keen. And yeah, if if you're into hardcore music and metal and that sort of thing, check out Middle Grounds. Really yeah, sick track. Support it. Like it was. Yeah, man. I, I just I, I had a little bit of a proud moment. Yeah, I'm, I know? just I, I love seeing like, new music come up, especially throughout this shit. Like you know that like through a lockdown somewhere. Four or five guys who or however many dudes in this band like got together and they're like, let's make some shit. And this is probably the result. And it's fucking sweet. But it's amazing, man. Like I, I saw, I saw like, I went back onto like my chats, like chat history on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And it was back in like 
2014 or something really yeah. like it was it was yonks ago and it was me sending out a flyer to like a group of friends on facebook about an event that was being held like um i think it was at sundowners that we played or something um and dude like looking back at that list of like 30 40 bands yeah. and going what's remained is so little bro like the the scene that we used to play in i mean like so so rochi and myself we used to play uh in the the, the metal scene a lot um predominantly like hardcore and metalcore and um it, it's just crazy man like there, there's a handful of bands that are still going today yeah. that that come from that Based that in era the gallows. Right? Yeah, facing the gallows is is probably one of the most prominent ones. Like, but you know? I mean, reason to live. Yeah, do they still exist? No, <sighs> no. But I do think they still do shows from time oh, to time. Cool. Like if they like it's a like a hardcore band comes down to South Africa, yeah. they'll support that show. Bloodline. You know? um, Blood, I think they well, still Bloodline did, a show did support a show. Ago. Yeah, not too long ago. Um, and then like I don't know like if Ashley and them are still going, um, but it it, it is. It's weird, man. So seeing a band pop up like yeah. this, a hardcore band especially, it's yeah. just it's so nostalgic because you're just going, fuck, man, like it's been years and I miss that shit. As soon like, as I so listen cool. to this, like, this just makes me want to fucking play music again. Doesn't like, it, though? Yes. Doesn't it, man? Like the amount of times I just go, we, we were such fucking sellouts. Like sold out to no, the man. No, we didn't sell out. Well, you didn't just... for a long time after me. Like you were still Well, I still jam. Like once every week, every two weeks, I meet up with those cats Oh yeah, 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 you, you got a thing going on. And I was still doing, I was still doing performance, poetry Jeez, and shit. But it's no, weird, no, man. We it's didn't been like out. ten Life years for me. Consumes, man. It's been like eight or ten years for me, man. I'll never forget selling my drum kit. I sold, jeez, oh, my DW workshop, man. That thing was so beautiful. I sold that kit to uh, a nine-year-old kid mm. who was a church drummer, oh. and I, I found it like as, as sad as I saw that. I found it seeing that thing driving out of my driveway. Um, I just found it so ir ironic. If you knew the history <laughs> of that kit. The dark shows we the played. The dark shows. Like, Amon Moth played on my kit. Yeah. Under Oath. Like, um, uh, Shipwreck. Like, yeah. so many hard, hard bands. <laughs> I mean, Amon Moth is by far the darkest of all of those, but I'm just going, if you knew the black, like, I mean, I've, I've had to wipe that kid so many times after a show, bro, where like a sweat. drummer comes to me and he, like, the, the, like an international actor, especially because they don't always like all their gear, you know, and they're like, oh shit, can I use your kits on stage? What I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Bro, and then you come off and like, I mean, you know, a lot of these drummers. Blisters on his hands. Oh, it's just, it's bloody and yeah. it's messy and it's just, it's, hey man, it's all the beauty of rock and roll, man. Like it's fucking awesome. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like that scene has somewhat disappeared to, to an extent. I mean, it's still going, but it's, it's not like at one stage, the, the hardcore scene especially was like really, really strong. Bro. And I think it was really, really strong right at the, the, the advent of the, the, the scene, um, scene. The scene the scene? scene? The screamo yeah. scene. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's call it screamo. Yeah, scene and, kids. Yeah, the scene kids. <laughs> These guys that walk around with their, their fucking... Sweeps. No, 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 man. Yeah, the sweeps, but also... Hey, I had the sweep for a little while. Um, but the... No, the SpongeBob backpacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they look like they the just... Bright, they just walked out of like kindergarten, man. Like, so funny, man. So, it was so a good time, man. Fucking NFD back in the day. Oh. I just yeah, NFT, I, miss a, I miss a band scene, eh? and yeah, I, yeah. I just wonder if it exists. Like fuck, if there's any bands out there, they must just drop us a link. And be yeah, like, yo, totally. here's my music. Yeah, we're still going, we're still at yeah. it, we're still doing our thing. Like, 
it's it's funny because I think like the young generation just not many of them are bands. Hip hop, like I mean, if you can, if you can write and record your lyrics at home, you can make your beats at home. It's not like you got a time management like four or five different guys on the right day and collaborate and come. It's do you know what I mean? Like a, a band's a little bit trickier than what a lot of like hip hop and solo artists are doing. It is, and it's a relationship. Hundred percent, bro. Like I mean, look, look. I don't know. I don't know if you guys know them much, but um, I'm a big fan and supporter of uh, Every Time I Die, mm. Etid. Mm. Um, Every Time I Die is, bro. They they were such a fucking remarkable band. Incredible. Yeah, they're going through some shit now. Though, uh, yeah. No, they split. They, oh. It's completely split, and it, it got so messy and so petty, bro. Like, I mean, ridiculously petty, bro. So. Frontman went through some shit um, when when the pandemic hit. He he was going through some stuff and then got sober and things were looking good. I mean, they were meant to tour with Under Oath this year for Under Oath's uh, launch of their their new album Voyeurist. And in December, he got a letter from the band from the band's lawyer um, saying that you're out of the band. You need to stop using any reference to the band names you know any intellectual property um and yeah that was pretty much it which is which is fucking ridiculous when you consider he started the mm, band it's, that's weird eh? he's banned um so they booted him and the funny thing is his brothers in the band with him as well oh. family bras are going to be so awkward dude because then he tried <laughs> to reach out to them they they like literally sent him a cease and desist um, he tried to reach out to them, try to talk to them one on one. That didn't work. Um, he said uh, he's going to release a statement of what's going on because he went like radio silent for a month, and everyone was like, "The fuck's going on, bro?" Um, because they they went to the, the the media and went, "We've ended it, you know, and we're going to carry on." And he was like, "Well, in my world, you know, I can't see this carrying on because this band was us." You know, no one else fits this. The borders of band and business got blurred. Yeah, bro. And, and so he, he sent them a statement to be like, this is the statement I'm going to release to the public. I'm going to speak my truth. You've got 24 hours to tell me if you're happy with that or if you've got a, uh, like any sort of changes. Objections. They didn't reply. He posted it. They threatened to sue him. Oh, Dude, it's, it's like, it's, it, it just got so fucking messy and so stupid. But apparently this has been going on for years and it just speaks to what you're saying. Like, it's a relationship, man. Yeah. I mean, we, inane. Yeah. Love the band, but it, it went sour. It went sour because the relationships couldn't be nurtured beyond the point that yeah, we nurtured yeah. them, you know. And and I miss that. I miss, I miss that because bands are such an incredible thing. And and I don't know. Maybe I'm generalizing here, but there is something that needs to be said about the the metal scene. Yeah, you know, because from the outside, a lot of people look at metal like the screaming, like what the fuck's Angry, going on? I can't noise, understand it. Destruction, mm. you know devil worship whatever you want to call it but um but you know all those destruction and stuff but there is there's one truth i've never connected to anything deeper than i've connected to the music we made yeah. and the the scene, the, the scene the, that we followed yeah you know i mean the like hard, yeah hardcore is an interesting one because hardcore is actually all about positivity like there's there's hardly any negative like it's all about being the Uplifting. best you can be. It's about loyalty. It's about respect. It's all about like yeah. good quality traits. But if someone listened to it, they go, "Oh, the boxes, fucking devil Until worship." You read like, the lyrics, like mm. the ghost inside, man. 
everything that band pushes out is just positive and power and it's exactly man there's there's a reason that metal he- metal heads used to call jocks jocks you know and build their stereotypes the way they did mm. because the truth is you go to a metal show you're not going to get fucked up yeah promise you you're going to get in a mosh it, uh, in a mosh pit you might you might get a little bit bloody you know but that's all good and fun you just don't see people fighting though like it doesn't I happen at metal I shows i saw like a video compilation the other day of metal shows uh where the frontman would stop the entire show because someone fell in the pit or exactly. someone was fighting and compare that to like Travis Scott where someone stole his shoe and he's encouraging the crowd to fuck them up. Well, it's, I mean, Travis Scott, how many people died? I think seven people died at that concert. Dude, 11 heart attacks at that concert as well. Trampled to death. It was brutal. And I, I just, there's there's so much respect. And I, I think if, if people broaden their minds a little bit and listen to a little bit more metal, because that's the other thing. People go, how can you listen to this when you're angry? It like, makes you so angry. It no, really doesn't. It makes it's, me calm. It's so calming. It gets so that calming, anger man. out. It's, yeah, exactly. It channels it. It channels Tara's, it. Tara's also not like a huge metalhead. Like, she, she's not really into the heavy stuff. But it's funny because over time with me, listening to metal so much and for a long time i didn't because like one thing about my music taste is it's extremely diverse really. like i mean you guys walked in today and was like have you guys heard manchester orchestra <laughs> and if you haven't go listen fuck it's life-changing um, <laughs> cool. but like I, I i listened to a lot of music from from all walks and then for for a long period of time i wasn't really listening to metal and i was like you know what i really miss that connection and i started listening to it more again and and now it's gotten to the point where, like, if I put on a Bring Me song, like, Bring Me the Horizon, Tara is literally Singing going along. with it word for word. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you see? Like, it's just that, that thing of, of changing your perception because what you think it is is not accurate. It's like the other way around in my house. Like, T puts on M people and I know all the lyrics now. <laughs> Talking heads. <laughs> Talking heads. And, like, indie, man. Like, I also love indie. But... You, you know what I love about the metal scene and the punk scene is the DIY. There, there's something that's really good for the soul for destruction. Like when we destructive behavior, let me put it that way, right? All of us get a little bit destructive every now and again. Destruction is a part of life. Yeah, yeah, it is. Even but, eating food, you got to destroy the meal to take it in. Mm. But there's, there's something so fun. Like, I mean, Black Dahlia days. Oh, yo. Black Dahlia days. I mean, pretty much every South African band played on those stages, bro, at one stage. And then the international acts like Under Oath, et cetera. But there's there's something so beautiful in the chaos that used to happen at those shows. I mean, one of the worst shows at Dahlia, actually there's a few, but one of the worst was this new band. I can't even remember their name, bro. They were like a new band. It was their first gig, you know, like, some sort of like black metal band and they got they got up on stage and it just so happens as karma would have it that was the same night a fucking reporter for the boxburg herald was in the audience uh. and these kids whip out a pig's head oh sweet. and swing it and it's literally just fucking pig's blood all over the crowd so the headline to all of us beautiful fucking managers and owners of the Dahlia Yo. was satanic rituals are being held at the Black Dahlia. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> and it rough, just went off, off the chain, Rue. And, I mean, we booted them immediately and then they, they weren't allowed back, you know. But there are these, 
there are these nuances of the rock and roll world that are just so ridiculous. Like I mean, Aussie biting the head off a bat. Exactly. It's all that sticks exactly. around. Yeah. But those things, although they are so destructive and ridiculous for, for the outside world, are actually also just part of the most incredible culture that is built with, within the yeah. scene. And I don't part mean the, the culture of biting or fucking of the bat. Art, it's yeah. It's, but it, it, it changes your, your view. I don't know. I, like, I, I genuinely believe I'm the collection of who I am predominantly because of the, the history that I had with music. Yeah, no, you know? no, like, no doubt. People no. that don't like music, right? Like someone that's like, I don't, not trust but, I don't fucking trust them. No. Not one bit, dude. Not one bit. So like, what do you listen to? I don't really like music. Get the fuck out. Get like, the you, fuck out. You're lying or you're deaf or even deaf people appreciate music, man. Yeah, man, you're psychotic, bro. Yeah, it's like they they used to always make the the joke that people whose eyes are too close or too wide apart, like uh, untrustworthy or whatever. You know, I don't that, know if that. I trust people whose eyes are too close together. Though. <laughs> I don't know, but you get what I'm saying, yeah. though. Like it's it's a thing, man. Like if you don't like music, I cannot, I do not trust you for shit. That's weird. Like, have you ever like gotten a playlist from someone or someone's like, hey, let me put on my playlist, and you just go. Yeah, I mean, I'm open-minded, bro, but like, if that's what you're listening to, we cannot be friends. There's <laughs> <laughs> some music I just can't tolerate. Like, I'm not a big fan of R&B. That like, oh, no, real no, no. smooth soul. R&B, like, let's get rubbish down. and bullshit, bro. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's um, what R&B is to me. But, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, you were saying, like, R&B you don't like. Yeah, R&B, like, even country I can still tolerate. But, oh, one of the saddest days for me was when they took down Classic FM. Like, that's all I listen to really? in my car, yeah. It's talk, like, now it's talk radio, but I just find myself screaming at the radio. But the music they play on the radio just pisses me off most of the time because it's just mindless, senseless, poppy, Nicki minaj very seldom that good music arrives on the radio, very seldom. What's bro. it, Hot FM? They still play some cool oldies, but Classic FM was just calming, good driving shit. Yeah, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a couple of good bands that do happen to make their way or artists that do happen to make their way to to commercial radio like i mean front of mind for me is the lumineers oh yeah the lumineers to me is a very underrated band and if you really i think so when they came to cape town oh okay so yeah like i mean anyone that that doesn't really know the lumineers if you if you want to appreciate them from an artistic perspective go onto youtube type in ballad of cleopatra and watch the short film I think it's about 30 or 40 minutes. Cool. And they made like a short film that essentially covers through the, the, the Ballad of Cleopatra's, like the album or whatever, the, the Cleopatra album. And it carries through all those songs, but tells the story of this old That's lady. Cool. And, and it's, it's, Concept it's stuff like that where you, where you watch the band and you go, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot that's commercial about you, but bona fide artists. Oh. You know what I mean? It's uh, Bring Me the Horizon, perfect example. Um, I saw that... Um, Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon is on Rolling Stone's cover this month, right? It's the first time in a very long time that an artist like like him or from that, that, that area has been on the Rolling Stone's cover. And they were actually essentially applauded for being one of the bands that have finally returned rock and roll. Oh, cool. Um, and if you listen to, to Bring Me, it's like, you can actually hear that transformation throughout the album from the first album to now, like where they have shifted, where it's still hard. It's still in my mind metal, but it's gotten to the point where you can play that song on a radio and it could be considered commercial. 
you know, which is an amazing thing because then essentially that's that transformation into rock yeah. that, that we talk about, you know. But yeah, amazing. And, and same, like you've, you've got bands like Under Oath. I mean, their latest album, Voyeurist, is brilliant. It is, it's such a good album. Like uh, it's just, it, it, shows, it shows the transformation of bands as they go. Every Time I Die, their previous album was probably one of the most brilliant works of metal music in, yeah. in recent history and right after that the band goes gone and you're just like fuck were you ever a fan of propaganda i like propaganda but not to the point where like i could put on an album and listen to the whole thing okay i love the shit out of them but like their older stuff like uh, how to clean everything couldn't really go on radio it was like a lot of cussing it was proper like just fucking old school punk. noisy yeah abrasive punk and then you like listen to stuff like supporting cast now, like that could go on the radio because it's it's wise. It's it's just you can also same thing. You can see how they've developed and grown and matured as a band to a point where you can you can appreciate the musical merit to it. It could yep. make it on radio, not because it's poppy, but because it's it's worthy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's it. Like I mean, I, I I look at I look at bands and I look at music way beyond just is this pop or whatever. I mean, Billie Eilish, perfect example. I mean, Billie Eilish is through and through commercial. It's very much pop. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. First one of um, the day. Yeah, first one of the day. It's it's very we much commercial. Drink now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the rule. Rue, once the hardy dog fucking freaks out, that's when you can drink. Yeah, Bring the Jameson. Um, yeah, now he's gonna sit you like a fucking asshole. He is. Yes. Well, Nova. Where's the hardy dog? Where's the hardy dog? Get him. Go kill him. Yeah. Don't kill him. Yeah, I'm okay. about murdering birds. I know you want the hardy. No, no, you no. You can make things out I of don't, I don't murder birds, but I will pick up dead birds. <laughs> what, what did the hardy do? <laughs> Where did it touch you? <laughs> Where did it touch you? Tell me. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No worries. Go see. <laughs> go, go see. Where's the hardy Go find it. How did it go from crypto to music? Yeah, we, that was a good transition. We all over the place. But um, what I was going to say is, like, I listened to it a lot on the merit of of the music, not necessarily just the genre or whatever the genre or whatever the case may be. Like Billie Eilish is a perfect example. I mean, she even has people like, like, um, uh, really, names are blank. Um, Dave Grohl. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She's got people like Dave Grohl going like this is this shows shows them that things like grunge and and rock is still, still alive. Still exist, yeah. You know, and and it's cool. Although right now I've got a little bit of a pet peeve with Billie Eilish. Um, she she did a fucking interview the other day, and like I just found it so hypocritical that it actually really fucking pissed me off. So I mean, if you think of Billie Eilish, she's someone that really supports um, body positivity and that sort of thing. You know. That's why she wears her baggy clothes. She's always preaching about body positivity and that sort of thing to her fans, right? But then goes on to an interview. And in this interview, she says that um, if you give, if you essentially, not verbatim here, but if pretty chicks date ugly guys, right? They think they own the world and they're assholes every time without fail. And I was like, oh, that's fucking rich. So if a pretty chick dates an ugly guy, 
he becomes an arsehole. What happened to that body body positivity of yours? You know, like it's it, it's the 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 way it was conveyed. I'll I'll play the guys you guys the clip afterwards. I, I'm I don't know the legalities of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, you know what she said was I. I never understood that. Just sidebar here for a second. Why is it that I can go onto YouTube, listen to a track, but I can't play it on my podcast because that's copyright infringement? Yeah, the fuck? I eh? like, don't understand it. But anyway, go check the clip with Billie Eilish and, and her, her Where was she ugly guys thing. I can't remember. I think it was like a... Like a, like a morning show? Or? No, 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 no. It was like one of these like, like lad bubble type channels. Man, oh, like, okay, right, right. From, from what I... I figure but uh yeah yeah i just i was like fucking that's that's not the way to go you know and again it just leads on to the whole topic of of men and men's mental health and our position in society which will be a podcast at it's some just, point it's, because it's, it's a just big broad problem. generalizations how in in certain instances broad generalizations are totally socially acceptable and in other instances they're not if if you're knocking on 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 men in a big blanket term or broad, broad generalization it's generally accepted know what i mean where if you had to paint it with the same brush on something like race or i don't know something else people tend to get their back up yeah that's i don't know man like it just it it, it pisses me off that there, there are double standards um without like digging into that too deep but because i, I genuinely like they there are topics that sometimes we we bring up and and i actually really do want to have those discussions but i do feel like they they deserve they deserve a a, a proper spotlight. Not only an educated approach, but they deserve their own time and you know, not not a distracted conversation yeah, between yeah, other topics. Yeah. Because it's the same thing as as last week's episode about um, trans uh, gender identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it it deserves its own episode because it deserves to to be spoken about in depth so that there's understanding that's being generated. Yeah, it's a you broad know, topic. You can't just brush over it and think you yeah. can just. You can't get, get everything too much from the play, glass. Man. I mean, I, I had a friend phone me. She she listened to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. When when I touched on uh, when I touched on male vulnerability and touched on gender identity and that sort of thing, and um, it's ridiculous. Two and a half hours later, never go play. Where's Ozzy? Go find Ozzy. Go 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 go. <laughs> yeah, you make my editing life so difficult. Um, maybe I shouldn't edit this one at all. I'm just going to throw this one on Maybe there. So Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with all of it. Like the fuck with it, you know? Because the, 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 the amount raw. of work I put in, god damn. Like it's, it's difficult when you don't have a Jamie editing for you. Fucking hell, Rui. Really. It like it's, it's a lot of work. But um, yeah, we had a two and a half hour discussion. And she, she informed me about some really interesting like things regarding, you know, psychological behaviors and... Um, You've heard me rant about this before where I said, like, you know, everyone's like toxic masculinity, yeah. but no one ever says toxic femininity. Yeah. And the, we need a focus on it. There, there's a serious proponent to that. And she said, but there is actually a term for it, right? All masculines and feminines are divided into subsections, right? So you've got positive masculinity and negative masculinity. So negative masculinity is ang- what we would define as toxic masculinity would be anger and that sort of thing, right? which is or normal un, responses un, from Unjustified men. angers. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got positive and negative female traits or feminine traits, you know, and negative feminine traits, for example, would be something like uh, withdrawal, 
from confrontation or whatever the case may be. So withdrawal is actually a negative because you can't grow from there. So, you know, and she, she broke that down. And it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a very interesting subject and it deserves, it deserves a good chat. So, but, but we will at, the, at some point. Um, it's also just understanding whether or not the four of us are the perfect match to, to take on to, that, yeah. you know, um, or whether or not the reality is maybe it should be a discussion from someone else that, that, bring in someone that can that bring has. it in. You know, I mean, I could, never, I could never pretend to be able to bring to a discussion something that Jordan Peterson would bring to a discussion when it comes to about gender identity. I mean, that, that, it's a man that, that, that's so knowledgeable and so he thinks of things so deeply that I think for the most part we actually misunderstand him most of the time. Um, but yeah, so... That's that's definitely something that we that that I want to touch on. So, I love your music, Billy, but fuck you in the same breath. Like it's just not cool. But yeah. So, but Ryan, you you've said like nothing. You don't listen to music, eh? Can we trust you? <laughs> I haven't found new music in a very long time. It's been hard. It has music. Really? To me, it just feels like it's changed. I mean, the last new band I, I discovered was Moscow Death Brigade. Moscow Death Brigade. I remember. I think you actually sent me something about them. Ghetto Blaster. Oh, Ghetto Blaster. Like before them, like well, since them, oh, not much. Eh? Really? Like Clutch is a good band. Like I said, this is all old. They still exist like, though. Yeah. Like old like bands, six yeah. years, five years ago. Dude, but the, the, that's the problem that I think we find. And maybe we're just getting old, bro. Maybe I we just need to admit it. Because our parents did the same thing. I, your music, it's like, you know. But the, the, nah, the truth is, really, like, we're getting to that point where we go, oh, the band's not. Yeah, but, uh, my, my, my taste in music has expanded. Go back from when we were in school. Yeah, I was, was very locked into. Punk and metal. And music, yeah, that, that's all I listened to. And I, now I listen to a wide variety of music. And even in that, it's just, it's. Like I started listening to some, I like country death music. Really country know. death music? Yes. So it's not sure. I Run don't think I've ever heard that genre. Well, Violent Femmes is... Like the devil makes three... Violent Femmes is considered it's country it's death. Country, uh, country folk... Folk death. Yeah. yeah. Folk death rock. Well, yeah. I mean, I consider, I consider Violent Femmes folk. I just didn't put the death at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if if you listen to a song about the, song. the dad pushing his kid down a wall, like that's yeah, dark. yeah, yeah, it's dark, yeah. That had some dark Fucking tracks. violent films, man. And then I found another one the other day. I can't think of their name right now, but it was just too much, too much devil worship in the song. I'm oh, sorry, I just really. can't. Yeah, but you see, so the, the, you see that that's the sort of thing that also gives people the ideas that they get about about metal etc etc country music shit like no, that fuck all metal involved <laughs> it's, it's, it's country music but uh, but you see this now in hip hop as well where hip hop's becoming the new devil back in the 80s and the 90s metal oh, was totally, the devil totally totally bro that's where the evil was coming in through music now if you look at the metal scene it's it's generally like you're saying hardcore positivity things like that uh, and the, the, the hip hop like, scene, super black metal. No, but then the hip hop scene where the, the dude releasing his shoes with the fucking pentagrams and the blood and the souls. It's oh, little Nas. Yeah, I think it was little Nas. One yeah. of those fucking guys. And even just like, um, uh, who's that dude, Travis Scott? His concert, like the dark elements that they're now bringing into hip hop. That shit's become the devil now. So yeah, to man, speak, like, but, but the devil in music. You're saying like diversifying, diversifying what we listen to, and I think it's a natural progression because I think we all grew up pretty much metalheads, man. 
<laughs> punk, punk Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have a cradle of filth bonnet sticker on your on your what was Ford it? Chris, Sierra, Sierra, Sierra. Yeah. Sierra. Damn, Jeez, that was baby blue, <laughs> baby <laughs> blue <laughs> with the cradle, Danny filth picture on it, man. That's <laughs> hilarious. But um, it, it is, man. Like I, I, my my music taste has expanded massively, and most of it is actually like these more like indie folk type type artists and then a lot of soul man geez. Sarah Harmer is from where I saw a big shift in our change Sarah Harmer yeah, yeah dude you brought Shit. that home that was like, <laughs> a big shift into how we you brought home Sarah Harmer no I, I went to Mozambique years ago and I met this American she hooked me up with like just a CD of music and on it was this artist I only discovered years later her name was Sarah Harmer we called this I can't else. remember what I, <laughs> I was just calling it the wrong name but, but yes. and it was just it's just proper like this light-hearted girl music it's yeah. it's weird like she got a song called basement apartment or um fuck i can't remember what the album was but same album with basement apartments it was just i don't know weird i shouldn't have been as a metalhead punk like it's just music i shouldn't have been listening to well, but chris, I, chris went to Nubia, came back loving lady gaga poker face yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> different <but> reasons <laughs> all together, really. That Why was different reasons? Woman. Come on, man. Woman. Come on, what you doing here, bro? It's the only reason I what took the Sarah Harmer CD, man. <laughs> exactly man. Man. It's like, oh, pretty person, thank you. <laughs> I, I met a very sweet German girl on New Year's Eve. A bottle of Maker's Mark later and Lady Gaga in, yeah, in the backseat snog of a cult bucky. You know, I didn't even so, make out with the chick though. What? I didn't even make out with this chick. Just, just a foreigner in a foreign country. That's all it takes. <laughs> Accents, and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> smitten. Give me your music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me no, something. But, but I mean, like, music will do. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I just, I, yeah. If you don't like music, and subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> almost back. Lewis Hamilton's back. I saw that today. Oh, is it? Well, yeah. So, oh, we had this conversation last week. You weren't part I'm of it. I'm so glad I wasn't here for Formula One. Oh, man, one you're going to fucking hate. You're going to hate episode. Formula two, One season's about to start. You're going to be like, oh, I'm okay. I, mm. I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll just take my cue and be quiet there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I no, got no input We'll, on we'll it. give him homework. You can watch Drive to Survive and he'll be a fan by the end <laughs> of it. Drive to Survive. I did listen to the Joe Rogan and Quentin Tarantino podcast. You only reignite your love for movies. Is it? You actually just listen to those two talk about music, movies. And um, Tarantino, I didn't know, is only making 10 movies apparently. Oh, is that like, did he limit himself? I'm yeah. only making 10. Yeah. Kevin Smith should. So far, that. every single one's been fucking brilliant, bro. Like, Ke Quentin yeah. is a weird guy, though, man. You no, know, if you listen to the podcast, I was also thought he was a weird guy. No, he's a, he seems like a fucking amazing guy to know. Really? Like, uh, listen to it. Uh, I'm not ignited to watch Tarantino movies, but there's a lot of movies that Joe Rogan and him mentioned that I've, I've never watched, but molded their minds. So, but you know what I love about Tarantino is his way of writing is very similar to Kevin Smith. In Something the sense about that it is in, in the sense that his movies are very much conversational, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're very focused on dialogue. on the conversation, the dialogue between dialogue people. Yeah, yeah, it's not like your normal Scorpskit and Dorna. You know what I mean? Um, Though Kevin Smith's movies just went a little weird from when he started smoking weed, which was from Zach and Mary Make a Porno. From there, his movies went weird. Red State, 
tusk. Red state Yoga tusk. hoses. Oof. Have you seen yoga hoses? I, I haven't. Tiny Nazi bratwurst to try and take over a small Canadian town. It's weird, bro. It's fucking weird. There is no other explanation yeah. for that shit. He lost his weight and he lost his way, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny so how, how, how connected his body was to his character. I mean, watching the, the, the latest um, uh, um, Jane, Son and Bob. Oh, yeah. Uh, or yeah. Clerk, sorry. No, no, it wasn't. No, it was Jane, Son and Bob, Bob. Reboot. <laughs> reboot, yeah. yeah. Watching this latest one, and yeah, I, I get the Meth Mouth reference. Yeah. Okay, it's, 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 it's weird, bad, bro. Yeah. You can't watch it. You can't look at him. But um, the, it was so strange seeing Kevin, like the skinny guy, in his big jumper. Like, it's so, he's he's body size and, and everything his was so pivotal was to his that, character yeah. yeah it was it's strange to to see it any different but red state red state was still doable I like i think it was really cool the whole concept behind it i loved how they did it um but then he completely fucking lost me with tusk red state was that movie about the 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 church and like the second pre- coming almost based on like a, a an extreme um westboro baptist church sort of thing Dude, and then there's like tongue in cheek, like a lot to dude. I, I fucking emailed Kevin Smith after I watched that movie, like really? directly after that. Like, I, I was so shook because I was like, I was a Kevin Smith fan, and I was just like, ah, oh, the movies, good shit. And I put Red States on, and I was just like, what the fuck. And I mailed him, like, not like, hey, what the fuck, like, just like, I try to get some insight, like, holy shit, dude, this answer. movie was amazing, and it went so off. But you know he angle. was he was pushing. He never against, replied, obviously. But yeah. Still emailed him. But you know he was pushing against West Barrow. Yes. Like that. that Westboro was Baptist. They protested dogma. Yes. Yeah. Oh, did and they? yeah, I think so. And he was pushing against them hard. And I mean, there, there's even a clip where he talks afterwards where he says it's so ironic that uh, the, that that lead priest of West Barrow, what, what's his name? That old man. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name, but yeah, I know which. You know, the, the father of them all, yeah. um, the cult leader, if you will, yeah. um, where, where Kevin got a letter from him to be like, season. This, this is before he died. Yeah. And then he made a joke in his response, being like, yeah, because yeah, like, he's so like anti-gay and whatever. He was so homophobic about it um, that Kevin replied and he was like, yeah, check it, bro. Like on your deathbed, it'll probably turn out that you've been gay all this time. And as if... A fucking premonition. When he died, he? it came out that he was fucking gay. For real, real? Yeah. Jeez. And so, but how does so that he, not just shut down the entire thing? People, uh, are, oh. no, they they buried it. Of course not. Not uh, not our father. Like, of course not. You know. But um, yeah, it, it's just there, there's a very similar thing between dialogue. Like, I love dialogue. Dialogalistic. Dialogalistic. It's a word now. Movies. Like, I, I forget those camps. Know what they're called, but they basically try teach you not to be gay or I don't oh, know. like oh um, God, yeah. What what they called? It's yeah, something. It's, it's got a name. Ah, it's got a name now. Now let's say you're a person who had to attend one of those camps, so it's very possible that on your deathbed it will come out that you were gay at stage. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I think that I think that it's going to happen more often than yeah. It's just, you know what, like, I think there's there's such incredible stuff out there that people miss that aren't mainstream. And it's not it's not because mainstream shuts it down or anything, but there's so much that I'm thankful for in our circle 
of, of friends. I mean, fuck, the three of us have been mates for a very yeah, long time. Like, it's, it's crazy to actually just be the three of us sitting here. Like, as much as I miss Kevin, like, it, it's also just cool to, to like, go back and, and talk about all of the shit that we yeah. experienced growing up and, and got caught up in, in, like, in terms of culture and that sort of thing. Because, like, I think we've always been a group that have been very big into our music, very big into movies and that sort of thing. And there's so much that that is incredible especially in movies and music that that people miss because it wasn't mainstream um one one of the movies that comes to mind is spotlight have you guys seen, seen that, spotlight no. holy shit go oh. watch spotlight bro it's it's the perfect length of movie three hours what that's a long fucking movie. It's not the perfect <laughs> it is the perfect length. It is the perfect I length like because these movies hour and a half done dusted. Ninety, 90 minutes. Oh, <laughs> American Pie. No, but <laughs> the the thing is, you need you need three hours to tell a story effectively. But the thing is, like think about it, Django, three hours, fucking brilliant time to tell the story. You know, um, is Seven Pounds, brilliant fucking movie with Will Smith, three hours. Like all, it's it, not it a takes. Sunday night movie yet. No, no, it's not a Sunday night movie. No. It's a Saturday movie. Work, yeah. But um, Spotlight was about the Boston Herald. All right. Right. And the Boston Herald had an investigatory, like an, uh, like an investigative team yeah. that would only actually write one or two articles a year. Oh, wow. The rest of the time, they would be focused on that specific article that they're writing during the investigation. So think of like carte blanche, but to, to a mad extent in terms of journalism. And for years, they were given these uh, documents and evidence by this one guy about the Catholic Church in Boston and that there were claims of molestation and stuff from the Catholic Church and, and the little boys in the Catholic Church. And they brushed it off. No one really picked it up until this new guy came on board with the Boston Herald and he took over the team. And he, he happened to have looked at the, 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 the stuff that was presented and he was like, how the fuck did we not pick up on this? And they started deep diving this. Now, this is all real. This is not a, like, it's, it's, a, it's like a docu-movie. It's, it's real, yeah. right? And they start like scratching the surface and uncovering this and covering this. And what they end up finding is that, um, that when a priest molests a child and he has found out, that they would settle with the family behind closed doors so that it wouldn't go to litigation, right? They would settle in closed doors in the Catholic Church. They'd pay them $20,000 or whatever the case may be. And then they would mark that. They would just literally move that priest. To another parish. To another, another parish. And noted in the books is like an absence of leave. And they started doing this, running through all of their, their, their ledger books and whatever and going through it. And they uncovered all of it to the extent that at the end of the movie you literally see names of Second. countries and towns the world over just running for a solid like five ten minutes bro. it just doesn't stop south africa's on there multiple yep. times um Ever you know heard of and lost boys of bird island hmm. was some book that was written by kids that were getting kidnapped and shipped to this island and yeah and abused and yeah so when you hear those catholic jokes they're not without some sort of you know, dude, it's in their fucking sculptures and shit. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's some eye-waking, eye-opening stuff out there that's that's in movies that, you know, just blows my mind. Another great movie with Johnny Depp that I don't think a lot of people know about is Black Mass, where he plays mm. he plays Whitey Bulger, 
the old Boston yeah, gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, really. Also, three something hours, but like as that movie progresses, I think it's the best I've ever seen Johnny Depp. I mean, he, like he's a remarkable actor to begin with, but like he starts off like this little town gangster, him and his brother, and you go, yeah, oh, a small well, yeah. fry, thinks he's cocky. And the more that movie goes on, the more he actually becomes a hardcore gangster. He just becomes colder and darker and darker to the point where at the end of the movie, when you see him, you're just like, this guy looks psychotically dangerous, like crazy. What's it called again? Um, Black Mass. Black Mass, cool. Black Mass. Spotlight, yeah. Black Mass. Spotlight and Black check Mass, check out. it out. Yeah, Spotlight is, man. Do a movie review next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is your homework, yeah. And Kevin will come back. We'll all only talk about Black Mass. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> 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 yeah. But um, yeah, man, I, I think, geez, we've, we've had a good chat again today. Yeah. It was all about music and all about movies, and that's cool. A little bit of crypto in there. A little bit of Education crypto in there. In the yeah, but th- this is essentially like a, a real cuckprot session because, I mean, Friday we couldn't record. We normally record on a Friday evening and we couldn't record on Friday because of the, the insane thunderstorms and flash floods that have been going yeah. around Joburg predominantly. And, um, I had a tree fall over. Oh. Cutting up trees in my yard today. Yeah. Break anything? No. Ah, uh, nice. That one that was like really hanging in the front garden there. Oh, yeah. So right right by the driveway. No, 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 no. The ones by the pond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so we're, it's now Sunday at like, let's call it noon, because we started a little bit earlier, but Sunday we're all just chilling. We're, we're about to have our first drink now that the hardy does fucked off and we can step away from the mic. Um, so, yeah, it's noon and we're going to drink some now that the fucking hardy does over. Anyway, catch you guys next week. Um, next week, Kevin will be back. And then we've got some seriously cool shows lined up for, for the rest of February. Um, we're going to have a guest speaker on as well, um, where we're going to deep dive some hectic shit around mental, oh, mental well-being and, and physical well-being. So, yeah, look out for that. Um, but have a rad week, guys. Yeah. Enjoy it out there. Stay safe. And, yeah, be furious. <laughs> Cheers. Peace. Cheers.